This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right. Thank you. Good morning. Happy New Year. Hope you've enjoyed the snow. I haven't, but I hope you did. No, it is what it is, and thank God for the moisture for our, our farmers. But we're glad to have you here today. We welcome all of you. You know, before we get going, our yeah, I, I see all our Marines here. Just one? one. Are the rest of them already gone? Okay, well, stand up, Adam, you and your wife, Jamie. Stand up. We'll pray a blessing over all of them. We've got a bunch of these young guys that are Marines, Adam Garcia and then Will and Ben Bacon. I wish I'd prayed for them. Why don't you stretch your hands out to him and his wife? Let's just pray for him right now. Father God, we pray blessings over Ben, Will, Madison, Lord. Bless Adam and Jamie as you move them around this world, and we ask you to protect them. We just thank you for your blessing on their life, and we thank you, Father God, that you watch over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Keep them in your prayers, all right? Also, just real quick, I I like to celebrate people. Uh, He may not like me doing this, but tough. I got the mic. I'm in charge. Jordan Brandon, why don't you stand up? I'm going to really embarrass you, buddy. <laughs> he, he was on the uh, all-tournament team at the Cap Rock. That You can sit down. I don't want to do that to you. It's a great honor. They, they won the basketball championship, and so praise the Lord. Thank you for standing. Sorry I embarrassed you, kind of. All right, we'll move on. But at the end of the service, we're going to pray today. This is Ashley Rodriguez's last day or last Sunday here. And she's going to the, the Faith Center. No, the, the Dream Center. The Dream Center out in L.A. So we'll pray for her here later on in the service. All right. If you need a Bible, get your hand up real quick. So we got to move. Pastor's got a lot of scriptures to go through. Like Pastor Jimmy said, we, we like to talk about fasting here just to give us a, a deeper commitment, a fresher faith to God. And I'm going to challenge you today and let the Word of God challenge you. Begin with me, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Moreover, and the moreover that Jesus is getting to here is in in verse 2, he says, when you give. Verse 5 of of Matthew 6, he says, when you pray. And then here in verse 16, he says, moreover, when you fast. Now, I like to highlight that because he didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. Do not be like the hypocrites, the pretenders, who with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So Jesus is teaching us there that when we do fast, the goal isn't to walk around so everybody's aware of it and that you want them to feel sorry for you. Oh, it's so tough being a Christian. It's so tough fasting. Literally what he's saying here is their, their reward is the applause of man. I don't want the applause of man. I want the applause of God. Keep reading verse 17. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and you wash your face. Now, I believe just with what Jesus said there, there'll be seasons in every one of our lives that we will need to fast. Because he said, when you fast. When you fast, all right? Verse 18. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And so it's a a public discipline that God begins to see. And if you'll note there, it said that God would reward you. 
Now, Hebrews 11, 6 says that God is a rewarder and a, reward, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Something happens when I begin to fast and I press in to the things of God. Turn to the book of Luke, chapter 18. Luke 18, and, and what you're going to find out is fasting is a big deal to God. And there's, there's significance in fasting, and it doesn't mean just to go without food. And so throughout the morning, we're going to enlighten us through the scriptures on the fast. Uh, Luke 18, verse 9. Also, Jesus spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves. They had great confidence in their own abilities. They were performance-driven. That's what he's talking about. And they were righteous and they despised others. Now, Jesus also corrects the notion or the mistake notion that people think they can become righteous on their own. You're not going to become righteous on your own. Righteous is a grace of God that comes to the Lord Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5. And so he corrects that right there in that passage. But he said uh, the, the other one he despised. He despised others. So he had this air or this aroma about him. I'm better than others. Keep reading. The two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Now, when you read that both of them went up to pray, praying is a good thing if I have the right motive. Okay? A lot of what determines a right prayer is my motive or my attitude in prayer. He goes on to say, verse 12, or verse 11, The Pharisee stood and prayed, thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. So you know what he's saying there? I'm better than everybody else. So you get over and see real quick, this Pharisee who was a religious leader, he thought he was better than everybody else. The literal Greek writing in this verse says that he despised Gentiles, he despised sinners, and he despised women. That's what it literally said. One thing this guy forgets is God created every one of us. And he created us in his likeness and his image. And so when you have that spirit that you think you're better than thou, you better get ready. Because you're getting ready to crash. Now watch what takes place here. Verse 12. He said, I fast twice a week and I give tithes of all that I possess. So it's like he's saying, because I fast and because I, uh, I tithe, it qualifies me. But that's not the truth. That's not qualifies you. And Jesus in no way is putting down fasting and he's not putting down tithing either. Those are big deals to him. Now, when you read these verses right here, verse 11, Jesus mentioned when you pray. Verse 12, and, uh, in verse 12, he talks about when you fast and when you tithe. If we were go to go back to Matthew 6 in that whole chapter, the three great attributes that he talked about is giving, praying, and fasting. Again, right here in verses 11 and 12, he mentions all three of those. I believe personally this, to, believe, to be a person 
that tithes, that prays, and that fasts, those are some of the greatest disciplines you'll ever have to have in your life as a Christian. That's why not many people do them. But I also believe it's three of the greatest faiths you'll ever have to have is to step out and say, you know what, Father God, I'm going to honor you with my tithe. And I do believe this, even in my own life, that when we honor God with our money, it doesn't make sense to my natural head. That's why it's such a step of faith. And it comes to this where you say, Father God, if you said this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey it. It's the same as praying. How many of you before have gone to the Lord in prayer and God has come down and met you face to face? None of us. We'd be dead. But yet I still pray by faith and I trust that I can go before a living God. The same with fasting. I'm here to tell you today, I'm not a professor in fasting. I still really don't understand it, that how can I do some things where I I not eat or drink certain foods and beverages, but it draws me into a closer relationship with God. This is why it's a great discipline and it takes great faith. He goes on to say in verse 13, And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I don't believe any of us in this room can ever forget where we've come from. We're all sinners saved by grace. And I believe it's a very powerful prayer at times when we look to Father God and we say, Lord, we're sinners. My only chance in this life is you. My only hope is in you. Now, when I have that attitude, well, it's what he says in verse 14. I tell you, this man, this tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, right there, it deals with an aroma called pride. That when I get over into pride and I start thinking I'm better than everybody else and I start thinking that I've arrived because of my achievements, because of my performances. Look at me. I'm so much more spiritual than you. You're going to get in trouble and I'm going to get in trouble. I believe if this was modern day, this religious leader would have been taking selfies selfies of himself. He had been all over the internet saying, Look how powerful, look how awesome I am. This is what I meant right here, that when you get over with the Roman of pride, you're going to get thumped. In 1 Peter 5, it says, God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Now, to understand this a little deeper in tithing, go with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Daniel, chapter 10. I encourage you, read a lot of the book of Daniel. You'll go to Isaiah, then Jeremiah, then Ezekiel, and then Daniel. Those are some of the major books. Daniel chapter number 10. And I've got where every year at the end of December, all through there, I really begin to study these scriptures again. I personally believe God's wanting to do something in your life, in your marriages, in this church, even in our nation, okay? I believe some of it will be birthed by ones that will fast and pray. Daniel 10, verse number 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed or brought to life to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. In other words, it's not going to happen overnight. And he understood the message 
and he had understanding of the vision. So this guy named Daniel, he gets this message from God. And understand here in Daniel 10, this was the last vision that he would be given from God. So it was a big one. But what I want you to note here now, how was the vision birthed? How did it occur? Verse 2. In those days, Daniel, I was mourning three full weeks. I was mourning for 21 days. And when he talks about mourning here, he was literally crying out to God for the state of, of Israel or the nation and the city of Jerusalem. It had gotten so wicked and so evil and it bothered him. He said, I don't want my, my nation, the people to live this way. And it's very similar to us today as Americans. And I'd take a rocket scientist to figure out our nation is in need of a big move of God. And so here he's in mourning for three full weeks. Verse 3. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So this man named Daniel, he goes on a 21-day fast. And he says right there, I didn't eat any delicate foods. I didn't eat any meats. And really, the only thing he drank was water. No breads. Now, when we talk about this, a lot of times people will laugh and say, what's so hard about that? Let me help you a little bit with that, okay? That means no bread. Zero bread. No tortillas. Okay? That means no delicate or delicacies. Pastries. That means no cakes, no Twinkies, no Butterfinger for your afternoon snack, no meats. So all he ate those three full weeks was vegetables and fruits. Now when we get over to the, the, the beverage side, this is really going to help you. That means no coffee, pastor. No tea. Hot tea, cold tea, sweet tea, green tea, peach tea. No tea. And for you soda nuts, that means no Dr. Pepper. No diet Dr. Pepper. No sugar Dr. Pepper. No zero calorie Dr. None. Okay? And so a lot of times when we read into this, we think, there's nothing tough with that. It's not as easy as we think it is. But something happens in the spirit realm when I go on a fast, when I seek God. Now, listen real close to me what fasting doesn't do. It doesn't get me into a better position with God. I'm already in right standing with God because of Jesus. I am the righteousness of God Christ. It doesn't twist God's arm to make him feel sorry for me or love me anymore. And it doesn't cause him to forgive me of my sin because Jesus has already done that. So what does fasting do for me? Turn back to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. Now as you're turning to Daniel 1, according to, to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the makeup of mankind is spirit, soul, and body. I am a spirit. That's the thing that will go to heaven for eternity, Okay. I have a soul, which is made up of my mind, my will, and my emotions. And I have a body that's called my earth suit. 
Mine just happens to be white, okay? I didn't choose that, all right? Just I came in the world as I was. But this thing right here one day will decay, okay? It's going to be gone. It's not going to be with me forever. But I believe biblically when you look at Daniel when he fasted, that the fast, it, it stirred him up in his spirit, his soul, and his body. Now watch this. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart. Boy, it's powerful right there. He made a decision in his heart that he would not defile himself. He would not contaminate himself. How would he not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with wine which he drank? Therefore, he requested of the chief eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, if I read into this right here, Daniel understood that what he ate and what he drank could defile himself. He understood that the food and beverages that he partook of could dominate him. Let me ask you something today. It may be more than one, but is there one food and one beverage that just dominates you? That you say, my, my day is horrible if I don't have that glass of orange juice. I just can't get going without a stick of bacon. Just, just one thing. And just, okay, go ahead and laugh. Just think about the one thing. Now, it's interesting to me right here that this guy named Daniel would say, I'm not going to let these defile me. 1 Corinthians 6.19. The Apostle Paul said this, My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let me highlight a word for you. He said, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say my soul is. He said my body. And when you read 1 Corinthians 6, 19, the apostle Paul was teaching us a thing called stewardship within our bodies. And he's saying, take care of it. If you jump to 1 Corinthians 9, 27, it says, I discipline myself. And I bring my body into subjection. One translation says, I buffet my body. He didn't say buffet. We're not going to furs, okay? Down, down, okay? He said, I buffet my body. I bring it into subjection. So just in that statement that the Apostle Paul made, it shows us that if I don't bring my body into subjection, it has the abilities to get out of subjection. And ultimately he said, I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection. Least after I preach, I've become disqualified. So the Apostle Paul was saying right there, when I'm dominated by food and I'm dominated by drink, I've been disqualified to be a speaker of the Word of God. Wow. So again, the first thing it deals with, and I believe personally there's no greater discipline for the physical body than to fast. If you don't believe me, just go without some of it tomorrow and you'll watch how your little body will begin to buck. It won't like it. Same chapter. Verse 12, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. So in this passage here, Daniel goes on a 10-day fast with the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He says in this fast for 10 days, all we're going to eat is vegetables and all we're going to drink is water. And some of you say, that's not a big deal. 
Don't bite off more than you can handle, okay? Same chapter, verse 15. And at the ten, in the ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in the flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Now, when it says they appeared better, they were healthier. Their countenance was better. Their complexion was better. And it said they were fatter. Now, every translation I find in the Bible, and if you have a different one, let me see it. But every one of the translations for fatter says fatter. Ten days, and man, they still look great. But he went on a ten-day fast. Same chapter. Verse 17. As for these four young men, God gave them... Now listen, listen real close. God gave them, after the ten-day fast, knowledge and all skill and all literature and wisdom. How many little need a little knowledge today? How many need a lot of wisdom today? <laughs> and it's interesting to me, they come off a 10-day fast, and it said God gave them these things. And so something was birthed within their soul because they did it. And he ends this verse here, and he says, And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, that's an interesting statement. I don't know about you. I've always been interested when people could interpret dreams or visions. How many of you have ever been around someone that could do that? It's incredible. It's a gift to God. But this only happened to this guy named Daniel when he fasted. And when he fasted, God gave him visions and God gave him dreams. Oftentimes people would say, man, I wish God visited me in my dreams. Well, if you knew God was going to visit you in your dreams, if you fasted, would you fast? See, a lot of times we want what Daniel had, but we don't want to do what Daniel did to get it. So it comes to a discipline to say, I'm going to fast. Now, this will be a huge revelation for many of you today. If we were to break the word breakfast into the two root words it is, it would be break fast. The longest time a human being goes without eating or drinking, unless you get up in the middle of the night, is from the type, time you go to bed until the time you wake up. Maybe six hours, eight hours, ten hours. Now think about this a second. When you go to sleep at night, your physical body gets steel. When you go to sleep at night, your soul, your mind... It quits thinking and it quits worrying. You get real still in the presence of God. And God will give you visions and dreams. Too many times what happens in our lives, we're on the run. We're the ADD generation, man. We're always on the run. But something happens when I get still before God and I begin to seek God. And that's why even when we talk about breakfast, God will move in our lives if we'll give him the opportunity. Now, same chapter, verse number 20. Listen to this. It's a powerful verse. In all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the astrologers who were in all his realm. Now, when he talks about the magicians and the astrologers, 
These guys that were involved in the occult. And they were a bunch of counterfeits. And you know what God was saying? They're no match to the Spirit of God. The men of God who choose to walk in the things of the Holy Spirit, they're ten times better. Their spirit man comes alive. They have a knowing. Now let me just throw this in. These astrologers and these magicians, their power is going to increase right on to the return of Jesus for the final showdown when Jesus spanks the devil, okay? But understand this. The men and women of the kingdom, ten times better. I don't know about you. I want that ten times anointing. Some of you, I thought you'd be shouting on that. Ten times better. So you begin to see right here in this passage how things begin to affect their spirit, their soul, their body when they got over and fasted. And when you read this passage, really chapter 10 of Daniel, you'll find out it was a spiritual battle. You know, everything we're in is really a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, ruler, darkness, spiritual wickedness, and high places. So understand, when we begin to fast and pray, it's as if it's spiritual warfare is going on. Look in the book of Ezra, chapter number 8. And some of you are saying, Ezra, where is Ezra? Well, go to uh, 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st, 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles. Right after that is the book of Ezra. Just a little bitty book. Chapter 8, where it's going to go to my Bible, it's page 607. Probably doesn't help you a bit, does it? Ezra chapter 8. I'm just giving you another biblical reason why it's important. Why this is so important of our life. You know, my wife was saying that for years of our life growing up in the church... I never heard of fasting. Until about five or six years ago, I really began to tap into it, begin to study it. And you start realizing the significance of this. This stuff isn't preached in our churches. It needs to be, though. Now, watch this in Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. This was Ezra, the man of God. And he said, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we... <laughs> not I, that we might humble ourselves before our God. Now, it's interesting that he uses that word, that when he proclaimed the fast, he said, then we humbled ourselves before God to seek him. The right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. Now, isn't that an interesting statement? He goes to fast and he says that we may humble ourselves, that we may seek God for the right way, but also... For our children. And something happens when we begin to fast and pray and seek God for our children. And notice the last thing he said. Our possessions. Even our material things. Something happens right here. But he proclaimed a fast. Verse number 22. For I was ashamed to request an escort of the soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road. Because we had spoken to the king saying... The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. But his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. The reason that he wouldn't request the, the horsemen to come and ride with him. 
He is on a journey back to Jerusalem, a 900-mile journey on foot that would take four months. And you know what he said? I don't want the help of mankind. I want the hand of God. In chapter 7 and 8 of Ezra, on six different occasions, he said, I want the hand of God. I don't want what men have. I want the hand of God. And I believe that's where we need to be, every one of us in this room. And literally, he was saying, when we get back to Jerusalem, because he knew God would get him back there, all the glory would go to God. It wouldn't be about anything man did. Everything would be about God did it. It was the hand of God. Now watch what takes place in verse 23. So we fasted and we entreated or we sought our God for this. And he answered our prayer. And you know what his prayer was for? Guidance, assistance, and even substance. Let me ask you today. How many in this room needing some guidance? And Pastor, I need guidance. I got to have guidance. I need assistance. I need substance. What would happen if God looked at some of us and said, If I ask you to fast and pray, would you be willing to fast and pray for guidance, assistance, and substance of mine? See, that's the question again today. And what I begin to see with this guy named Ezra, he realized that fasting and prayer was spiritual warfare. And the answers that he needed would come about by no other way but fasting and prayer. See, it's a spiritual battle. There's many things that are taking place in every one of our lives right now. And the only thing that will fix it is when we do what God says to do. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, I believe is the exact verse. Jesus said this. This kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. There's certain spiritual victories that you can only walk in by prayer and fasting. So the question is, am I willing to do that? Am I willing to step out? And you may be like I was. I didn't have a clue what fasting was. But when I begin to study these and I begin to see, these great men of God had encounters of God when they would fast and pray. Look with me in the book of Luke chapter 4 and we'll end with this. Luke chapter 4. I really sense this, guys, this year that God's wanting to do something. Again, I'm I'm not here to tell you you have to do this. I'm not here to tell you how many days you... This this will come between you and God. That's why I read some of those where where Daniel went 21. Daniel went 10. But watch this in in chapter 4 of Luke, verse 1. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's interesting. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards when they had ended, he was hungry. Jesus went on a 40-day full fast. The only thing he had was water. I had a guy a year ago say, or years ago said to me, he said, you know what, I'm going to go on a full 21-day fast. 
nothing but water. And I said to him, I said, have you ever fasted before in your life? And he said, no. And I said, you won't make it a day. I didn't mean it ugly. He didn't. Again, when you read this, this is incredible. Let me, let me ask a raise of hands here. I want to see this. How many of you in this room know of someone that has gone on a full 40-day fast? A few. You see, there are not many hands. I've known one person in all my life. It was a little lady. She would do it oftentimes in the year. And she was always in tune with God. See, I'm just telling you here, guys, you don't have to go on a 40-day fast. If you do, bless you. But I need to do something. Now watch what happens here in verse 13. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from Jesus until an opportune time. Interesting, isn't it? Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Every time I read this, this shows me why did Jesus fast? Because he returned in the power of the Spirit. And when I read that, it stirs me up on the inside that we can sit here and we can talk about the things of God all we want. Oh, we want miracles. We want healings. We want the things of God to erupt in our lives, our homes and our churches. But am I willing to, to discipline myself and fast? Am I willing to hunger for God? And I can take you back in the, in the Bible. Daniel, he fasted and prayed and God gave him visions and dreams. The man of God, Ezra, he fasted and prayed. God met his needs, guidance, sustenance, and substance, and even he sustained him. The man, Joshua, the man, Joseph, when Joseph needed to interpret dreams, the Bible said he would fast and pray. So again, am I willing to get over and am I willing to seek God? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.